Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Courage Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Love, and today, yet again, another amazing guest. But today, it's a guy coming from the men's world, which I don't tend to come across as often. So I'm very happy to have you here today, George. So George is the number one best-selling book author to a book called Answer the Call of Life, Life Lessons from Family Origins Through Invention and Struggle. George, he shares his personal journey of reinvention and offers practical insights on how you can do the same. And after spending two two decades perfecting his craft, George was faced with a disability that left him unable to continue working in his chosen field, but rather than succumbing to all the anger and grief that many men have that don't like to acknowledge, he drew from the inspiration from his family's legacy of taking calculated risks and risks and pursued a new path forward. George, tell us more about this disability and this journey. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm super excited to be here today. No problem. So the injury, I was in warehouse distribution and logistics. I was in management for 20 years. And I finally have landed a really a career job in a particular specific industry. And uh, about 12 months into a project, I hurt my back. I fell and I dislocated three discs, one in my lower back, one in my mid spine, and one in my neck. And that actually disabled me for three and a half years. I couldn't even pick up five pounds. I couldn't sit for long periods of time. I couldn't stand. I couldn't lay down for long periods of time. I was heavily medicated. I was depressed. Uh, I had suicidal thoughts. And I got divorced at the same time. Mm. So basically, when it rains, it pours. (laughs) I lost everything in that particular time. And uh, it, it wasn't a very easy thing to cope with it is extremely difficult and uh but that's what the accident did and that's the exact position that it put me in and i love that you are able to come out on the other side and be able to talk about it now because i feel like this is this is a exact exact thing that happens with all these men that are committing suicide like the suicide rates are 80% men And I feel like this is exactly why, because a lot of stuff happens at one time. And as a society and a culture, we are not equipping men as boys to be able to handle all the emotional burden that comes from so much loss at one time. And especially for you in terms of your physical body. I mean, as a man, you're very connected to your physical body and that being part of how you navigate the world and being able to physically exert your energy. Yeah, it, it was definitely a, a really difficult time. That wasn't the first time that I was depressed or had suicidal thoughts, but that was one of the times where like, I may not be able to make it through this one, you know, because it, it just, it was just so much. It was so overwhelming. And, uh, but holding on to my faith and, and believing what I knew and knowing that I knew that my life meant something and I had a higher purpose over my life in that and also looking at the things and the sacrifices that my family did for me and also having my daughter in my life, when I was starting to snap out of it, I held on to those things that I remembered and I didn't let go of them. And I used those as um, 
the foundation and my reason why to pull myself out of these situations because again it was it was it was extremely dark it was extremely yeah. dark and like i said I, I i thought i wasn't gonna make it through that yeah i can't even imagine so what were the what were the like glimmers for you the glimmers were again my my grandfather came to the united states uh in a work agreement between United States and Mexico during World War II. The, uh, the mm. program was called the Bracero program. So he was married to my grandmother, had one child, was about a year old, and one child about near, nearly born. And that sacrifice to come to the United States to give his family a better life, which in, then gave me a better life because my siblings and I are first generation Americans. So holding on to that, holding on to the sacrifice that my parents did as well too when they got married, and decided to also come to the United States and settle here, you know, to give us a better life. And then having my daughter in my life and my daughter's my best friend. She's like a little mini mm -hmm. me, you know, mm -hmm. I, I was always able to lean on her for support, the support that I could, I didn't have for my partner, her mom, uh, because we had uh, different ways of thinking and we were growing apart already. And this yeah. situation just really broke it apart. But my daughter was really there supported with me. She would help me carry certain things like laundry and, and milk and, and all the things that I couldn't do physically. My daughter would help me because I was still mm. with them at the time when this mm -hmm. first thing started. So being able to uh, hold on to that and really not allowing myself was like, wait a minute, my daughter is, is, is caring for me and is nurturing me. And again, I held on to that, held on to my dad's sacrifice, my grandfather's sacrifice. And that's what really helped me because I'm like, I'm do I'm going to do that for them because had I done it for self, I would have, I probably would have clocked out if I was doing it for yeah. self, but because I was doing it for them, I had a reason to live. I was living mm -hmm. for them, not me. And then how, how did you come about or how did it happen for you that you realized, okay, I am here for something greater because I know when you're at that really dark rock bottom place, you think why, right? Like, why does it even matter, right? How did you tap into that knowing? Ever since an early teen, I always believed that I was special. Oh. And I've always believed that God had a plan for me, that God had a purpose for me. But because I was so young and unexperienced of life, I didn't know what that looked like. But I yeah. just had like this feeling, overwhelming feeling that, that I knew was like, no, 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 no. I am here for something big. I'm just a kid. I don't know what that is yet. But I, I held on to that and I never let go of that. When I was going through that process that I just mentioned, I also remembered, wait a minute. Not only am, am I going to hold on to these sacrifices of my family and also my, my daughter, but I know that God is, has me here for a reason. And when I was at the very bottom, like, is this it? Yeah. Is this what life has? So basically what it's telling me that I have to take myself out because it doesn't have the power to take me out. And mm -hmm. that wasn't going to happen. That yep. was not going to happen because I was not going to take myself out. So again, I also remembered the feeling and the overwhelming feeling that has always been a part of me. I was like, okay, there's a reason for this now. When I was, yeah. being, when I was able to get out of my medic, because I, I was heavily medicated too because of yeah. my injuries. Yeah. So 
that pulled me into that dark place. So when I when I made a decision to get off the medication, look into more like natural stuff to really for the inflammation, for the pain and the stuff like that, that allowed me to have that clear mind again. It allowed me to see life. Was like, no, 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 hold on a second. This ain't me here. That's not mm-hmm. God's uh, uh, thoughts. And that's not, that's the enemy talking to me. I need to listen to what God, what he's telling me in my heart, what, my fa- what I'm feeling for my family, stuff like that. And that was what it was able to pull me out. Did you have little warning signs? Because here's the thing is that when we have this greater calling, which all of us do in some way, somehow, right? Whether we're meant to live up to it in this lifetime is totally, that's part of our free will, right? So typically when we have this greater calling and that we feel it at a young age and then all the conditioning comes in and then society conditioning and life, you know, checking all the boxes and really getting in the hamster wheel gets in the way, but there's always like a little nagging thing in your gut. And there'll be, there's usually little signs along the way before something catastrophic happens. And usually the catastrophic thing has to happen to get you back to square one so you can get back to that. Did you have little warning signs before that happened? I did because (laughs) I found out that uh, I almost wasn't born twice. I was so? almost, it wasn't bored twice. My mom had a thought. She said it out loud. She was never oh. going to. She was never going to follow through on that. But of course, because she was praying of me, I always felt that sense of that. Mm. And, it was com- and it was confirmed to me a later year. And she told me, "Mijo, I was never going to go through it. It was just a thought that I said." Yeah. I promise you that. It's like I have no judgment. The thought is, it is what it is. Sometimes we do say things. I've said something sometimes that I thought about, yeah. and I shouldn't have said, but I said it. Yeah. And then my mom also, because she was a farm worker when she was pregnant with me, she worked like very close to her, her due date. So the reason my ears are this way is because I was being crushed in the womb, mm. you know, and also strangled in the womb as well. So that happened before I was born. Uh, when I was two to three years old, like three or four years old, I fell through a glass window that was covering oh. a hole you know, where a place we, where we used to live at. And I have this huge scar right there in my palm. Yeah. And uh, as a small child, it must have been so traumatizing. And not only that, in that position, there must have been so much blood loss. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And back then, there wasn't that many ambulances back then. No. Yeah. So most likely, I almost probably bled to death. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, and then uh, when I was like seven or eight, I jumped out of a fence. My brother, my older brother was one year older, threw a stick and my mouth landed in that stick and it took off my front, two front teeth. Had it been a couple of inches more, it would have came out of the back of my head. Yeah. Yeah. So all these things, all these things were happening and I would, I would recognize these things. And that's why I was saying like, no, I'm special. Yeah. God's taking taking care of me. God, there's a huge calling on my life i just don't know what it looks like because i'm just a small child i'm a young teen but i've always i've always saw these things and then i'm like no there's 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 a reason here because i've I've always had like this i don't know it, it was weird I, I thought i was crazy i thought i was being weird when i'm making stuff up that's what i thought originally when i was younger yeah but as i grow older i realized no that was my inner self my the sometimes people call it the holy spirit 
some people the higher self the higher self yeah and And i'm like no i've always known this yeah and it was confirmed as i got older Mm -hmm. and when i wrote when i wrote the book i got access to every single event of my life Mm. they're trying to stop me or slow me down and i was able to connect the pieces i'm like oh my god now it all makes sense now i can see the whole picture all the way back all these things these obstacles these struggles adversity all this it all makes sense to stop me from writing this book because answer the call is about finding your gifts your talents and pursuing your life purpose that's what answer the call means yeah yeah um one of my favorite books Oh gosh, what's his name? I'm blanking on one of the stoic writers. He basically, it's called Courage is Calling. And he said Mm -hmm. that we all receive the call at some point in time in our lives. Sometimes it's multiple times. And the thing is, is the call is always coming from inside the house. The question is, is are you ready to answer it? You know, and I feel like also for you, and I feel like it's also when you're, calling is higher. And when what you're meant to do is so much more impactful, you tend to have a more difficult journey. Right. And that I feel like something that you're also meant to do here in this life is become a cycle breaker because look at what the adversity that your family faced. I feel like somebody has to be the one to acknowledge the adversity and say, you know what? Don't get me wrong. Yes. It made us tough as nails, but at the same point in time, life doesn't have to be that crazy and that complicated and that like and filled with so much adversity. If we start to believe that we are worthy of a life of ease, when we step into our purpose and when we really like honor the power and the true nature of who we really are, all the difficult things that happen is because we are running so far away from it. It's like we're born with this fairly clear path, right? I mean, it's, it's, you know, lit with like the little solar lights, right? But then us with our free will and conditioning and what happens like when we go through school and religions and just generations of stuff, we're like, oh no, let's go over here. And we go off the beaten path. And then we wonder why there's like lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, right. And it's like, because we are running away from who we truly came here to be. And I've had a lot of conversations with people recently about the concept of like your purpose. And, and it's like, it's not something to go find. It's not this like box you check. You have to come home to yourself. And even if that requires for you to lose everything that you are not, you will come home to yourself. You just have to be able to acknowledge that that's what's happening as opposed to, like you said, sitting in this darkness. But for you, so much of it was medications. And that's where me, after leaving healthcare, I'm like, okay, okay, people, this is not the way to be sick, dumb, and dependent. You know, let's get off all the meds. Let's focus on getting healthier alternatively because the earth literally provides us with everything that we need if we are able to be open to that. Let your food be your medicine and let your medicine be your food. You know, mm-hmm. I don't believe that 
also a god is a religion. I don't believe that. Yeah, you know, same. That was that was man made. So I I am a big believer of God. You know, I am a big believer in my my Creator. I pray to Him every day, multiple times a day. I am answering His call on my life. That is who I'm mm-hmm. answering to. Mm-hmm. And so, how did you get to tell me about the process of this? Like, your daughter helped you. What did that? What did the steps of crawling out of the hole? What did that look like? Well, it was uh, after I was getting a, a, a clear mind. I got angry, you know, uh, not mm-hmm. angry at anybody specifically, just angry like yeah, the enemy because I I know the enemy is real. A lot of people think that the enemy is not real. Oh, he's real because I've seen him, you know. And just like God is real, the enemy is real too. So I was mad. I'm like, oh no way, there's no way he's gonna take me out. There's no way. Mm-hmm. And even doesn't matter what he throws at me, how life gets tough on me, I am not going to be disobedient. I will be obedient. To what I'm being called to do, to motivate, to inspire the next generation, motivate, and inspire the people that are going through adversity, struggles, trying to reinvent themselves, trying to figure out their own life. Because now I'm, I know, I, I realized, and I've, I've gotten access to that, that that is what I'm being called to do. Mm-hmm. And this is, the, this is the feeling that I've always known of the calling, but now I know exactly what the calling is, you know? And the struggles, it, it's, it's the juicy story to get people's attention. And mm-hmm. those juicy stories that I talk about in my book, I have actually not intentionally, nor not in some kind of a coerced way, but because of my faith is so strong and because what because I have gone through what I'm going through, now they're questioning themselves, their position of what they believe in. And one thing is, do they believe in themselves? Mm-hmm. And do they believe in something greater? And do they believe that they are have a gift, have a talent, and did God really give them a purpose? And a lot of times they're figuring out, yes, I am. I am special. I do have a gift. I do have a talent. And from what I'm understanding now, I do have a purpose. Now it's mm-hmm. up to me, like you said, go in, in my inner self, heal myself, get rid of all the stuff that is not me, the fake person that society has created for me. And really find like, who am I really? What's my attitude supposed to be? How's my heart supposed to be? Uh, how am I supposed to look? Because how I thought I was supposed to look, that's not who I'm supposed to look like. Oh gosh, that's, that's you, such a good, yeah, that's and, such a good and, and one that's for when, men. And that's how you start making changes. Because yeah. there's a lot of people out there that go to work, come home, pop open a beer, beer belly, bearded, not groom themselves, not loving themselves. When in reality, yeah. we should be fit, warriors, ready mm-hmm. for battle. That's yeah. who we are. That's what we're supposed to be. And once you figure that out, you're like, wait a minute. I love this new person that has been transformed in front of my eyes. I love working out. I love looking good, smelling good. I love this confidence. It's like this S on my chest, like I'm a Superman now. Yeah. And that's and that's what prevent you from going back into that darkness again because now you've surpassed that and the therapy that you get from loving on yourself is mm-hmm. a therapy that there is no medication that can give you that it's just not absolutely yep it's self it's self love for a reason yeah well and then especially knowing though and also knowing that you've been in the shit before 
and you got yourself out of it. So if you get in some shit again, you know that you can get yourself out of it. You know, even me leaving my career and moving to Texas and all the crazy life changes that I've had. And everybody's like, what about this? And what about that? And I'm like, you know, it always works out. It always works out the way it needs to and in the time that it needs to. And patience is definitely one of my big life lessons because it might take me a minute to really get clear on something. But then once I'm clear, I'm like, okay, okay, it needs to be now. But not really honoring the process of it's like honoring the journey, right? It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. The journey, it, it builds character. Yeah. It, it, it molds you but it also pressures you into becoming who you are and yeah. your, really, your authentic self, the real you. Yeah. It, it might be painful sometimes, but that's part of, I mean, and we've heard this and it might sound corny, no pain, no gain. That's the reality. But life is, it, it's different in life. It's not sometimes, yeah. I mean, it, sometimes it could be physical pain, of course, if you have an accident, something like that, like I did. But a lot of times it's not physical, it's more mental pain. Mm-hmm. Because we, the, it's the mental part of you, of you that like, oh no, I, I, no, no, that that I can't do that, and you downplay the things that you're mm-hmm. supposed to do, and then oh no, no, I, I'm not that strong, or no, I'm not, I'm not that handsome, I'm not that beautiful, oh no, they'll they'll never see me like that. No, 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 that's the mental fight that we're doing. So we yeah. have to be mentally strong, and believe us, believe in ourselves that we're capable of anything, right? And that we are capable of being loved by anybody, but we have to love ourselves first for anyone to love us. And uh, for me, I mean, I've been single now going off for about seven or eight years. I've dated and whatnot. But if it's not somebody that I, I, I'm looking at long term, I just cut it off. I don't yeah. have time to date just cordially. I just don't. Either yeah. we're in it for the long haul or we're not in it at all. Because mm-hmm. my plan is different. I'm here to yeah. win. I'm trying to build, a, a build an empire, build a legacy for my lineage. And if you're not going to be a part of that, you can't be a part of my life. And you can't be a part of my circle. So that would actually also force you to cut off the unnecessary people in your life. Because yes. sometimes these toxic people are the reason why we go into that dark place. And they don't want you to grow. They don't. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. And if they want you to grow, they only want you to grow just a little bit, not too much that mm-hmm. you outshine them. Yes. Crazy. You know, that is something that I have really had to own and be okay with not everybody is for you and not everybody is meant to come with you. And that was really hard for me because as this like empathic, like team oriented kind of person, you know, I grew up in a big family. We did foster care and it's like, you know, we're winning when we're doing this together. Right. So then I, that was also like a little bit of a codependency tendency though, where then it's like, okay, well, come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. So then I would slow myself down because I'm trying to carry these people up the hill with me when they don't even want to go up the hill. So I had to acknowledge when people start voicing their disagreement with what you're trying to do with your life and why you shouldn't and things that they're doing to try to like pull you down. And usually it's not intentionally. Um, There's this thing I read about your motors or your anchors, right? And no, 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 there's a sail or an anchor. 
Okay. So your anchor are the people, you know, usually really close family and friends. It's not that they don't love you. It's not that they don't want to see you grow. It scares them though, Mm -hmm. because they know that if you grow and you expand, you are going to expect more of them. And in order to maintain that relationship with you, they are going to have to step up. So your anchors are the people that want to keep you stuck in wherever it is and the old version of you that they are comfortable with. And then you have the people that are like your sales. And as as soon as the wind catches it, like you're off. They are the people that are blowing the air in that sail. And they are the people that are really helping you move along in your life, which are people like us that you know, really want to inspire and breathe life into people who are in the dark places, but then also acknowledge if that's not what they want, we're able to walk away and leave them where they are. But also know that, hey, when you're ready, you can come join us. Me and you have identical souls (laughs) because everything you just said is the things that I talk about. And, uh, but for me also, like you mentioned, the most pain came from the people closest to me. Mm, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't from the people farther from me. It was the closest people to me. When I went through my struggles, they left me for dead. They never checked up on George. But yet, I'm the person that if I, if I notice that you've been, you're missing for a, a couple of days, mm-hmm. and it's unusual, I'll call and see what's going on. Yeah. If you fall into a dark place, I will pull you out because I will pull you out of it. I will let, yeah. I, I'm not going to let you sink. I'm not going to let you yeah. Because I, I know what you're capable of and I love you too much for, to allow you to sink. And either, if you sink, I, I'm going with you because you're not going alone. That's the type of person that I am. So for me, had I had somebody like me in my life, I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have gone through what I went through and definitely not uh, stayed there longer than I did because I would have had someone like me. And just the, other, just the other day, I was thinking through this and I was like, when I get on stage and when I talk to people, I'm going to say, you need to find somebody that is willing to go on in with you. So mm-hmm. if you're the person, if you are a person like me, you better find somebody like me before you yeah. go through anything. Because if yeah. somebody, because if you're like me and you don't find somebody like us and you mm-hmm. go through some stuff, you are going to drown by yourself because they're not going to be there. They're yeah. going to leave. Yeah. So some of you already may have your partners already. Your partner might not be the partner that's going to save you. I'm just, I'm sorry, but that's the way. Or they're not, they're not willing to swim with you. They're not willing. They're not willing to swim. They're not willing to sacrifice themselves for you. When you will sacrifice for yourself or anybody, they will not. And it might not, it doesn't have to be your partner. It could be a friend, a best friend. Yeah. But you need to have somebody like us that's willing to, to drown with you if it's needed. It's called the hype squad. Yeah, exactly. Because even, even, uh, uh, if you see on like the weekends, you see some people door knocking, not by themselves, with another person or uh, multiple people. Yeah. Like religious, religious people, right? Yeah. And even, and even the, the Mormons, Bible, the correct. Mormons. Exactly. I grew up Mormon, and, so I know all about that. <laughs> and then, and then, but it's not just them, it's other people as well, too. Yeah. And also in the Bible, when Jesus sent out his disciples, he'd send them in pairs of two. Mm-hmm. And in it's biblical, also it states that wherever there's more than two people planning, thinking, and praying for the same thing, it will happen. It's not going to fail, which means we need to have somebody side by side that's like us, that's willing to fight and take out the sword and go against all the struggles, all the adversity, and everything 
And when one is fighting, the other one is is resting a little bit. And then when that guy's that person yeah. is done, is tired, then okay, baby, I got you. Then I, then you go in, and then you it's like a tag team, like a wrestling match. Yeah. This is what life should be. But sadly, a lot of us don't have that partner because we picked no. the wrong one. We picked yeah. the wrong one. We but just then sad. that has but then we have to that's where there's accountability for us that is to acknowledge, okay, my desires are valid. What I see and feel that I know is out there, I trust that it is for me and that I will not settle and I will not stop until that is the partner that I match with. I mean, I remember a guy I was talking to last year, he was not used to that dynamic. And I have been in crappy relationships where I was the giver and they were the takers, right? But I know that is not what I want. And so I'm talking to this guy and basically he would, that's all he was used to too as well. And then we were talking about just relationship dynamics and things that we want. And he was talking about one of his fears associated with relationships. And, and it was basically going all in and have somebody completely leave you hanging. And I looked at him and I said, you know, that's why it's important to date. Not only another whole person who has their own strengths and confidence and things they bring to the table, but another giver. When you have two givers, life is freaking amazing. You know, it's magical, you know, yeah, nobody's drowning in that case. But the thing is, is you have to get to a place within yourself that you are confident, not only that you deserve that and that it exists for you and not give up and not go back to toxic people and places and things because it's comfortable. Because you want something or someone. It's like, no, I've been single for like 12 years since I got a divorce. I've had one two-year relationship in that time. And it was not what I wanted. And I freaking kicked that to the curb and was like, nope, I'm good. And even since then, I've done dating. But it's just, I know what I want. And I am not going to just sit and like mope around, you know, with people that aren't ready for that and that don't know what they want. I'm really really glad we're having this conversation because I see myself with a partner that's like me, like-minded, strong, confident, no fear, and is also close to God too. We have to have those things in common. Now, it's funny because six years ago, a female friend told me, George, you're too picky. No. What you're -mm. you're looking for, you're not going to find. And I told her, I would rather be alone the rest of my life if I can't get what I want. Because yeah. I know that if if I'm like this, there has to be people like me. Because as yeah. much as I am unique, I am not the only one. I can't. It, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. And I know that if God made Adam and Eve, yeah, that means there's two people for they're supposed to be together. So you know. well, and that's the thing about like light workers and star seeds and people that are here for this greater mission. What I have learned through my journey of spirituality is that basically you are not meant to do it alone. So we all have masculine and feminine dynamics within us. But what happens is that we need to create the inner union within ourselves of marry those masculine and feminine dynamics. So then we can own all parts of us in this union where they become the whole themselves, I become whole, and then we come together. And then it's just like, it's just unbelievable power together, but that's because we have become whole within ourselves first. I, I, saw, I saw this video on TikTok the other day 
that said, don't pray for your husband or your partner to change. Mm-mm. Pray to make you both one. Yeah. And when well, I heard I that, have... I got I got chills when I when I heard that. Yeah. I, that makes so much sense. We should become one. Not you know what I mean. There's yeah, power. Yes. There's this one power, superpower. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. And but the thing is, is that people have to be able to acknowledge your strengths and weaknesses and come together with someone and not be ashamed of any of it. And just yeah. know that you can't be everything for that person. And they can't be everything for you. But how can we complement each other? And how can my strengths be where your weaknesses are? And I have gotten so much better because when I worked in healthcare, I was very much in my masculine doing everything all the time. Right. And now I've gotten to this place where I'm like, "Mm, mm, mm, I want to be in like my feminine flow. I don't want to be lifting the heavy shit. I don't want to be doing all like the complicated things, you know, no, like what do you want for dinner? Right. Like, (laughs) and creating things, right. And not be in this hustle of, you know, money and status and things like that. And I, I used to say that I'm like a recovering modern feminist, right? Because yeah. I was in that world where I yeah. was very focused on mm-hmm. what I was building for myself. And then I got it and I was like, really, this is it? Like, this isn't that great. Yeah, exactly. When, for, for, it's funny, but uh, as a man, I want to be nurtured by a female. Oh yeah. I want my, I want the female to like touch me and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't want her to touch me with greasy hands. Right? You know what I mean? And I love hands. that. Yeah. I want her hands to be soft. Feminine. You that's, want that's, her to bring feminine. that feminine. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want yeah. her to take out the trash. Tell me, baby, can you please take out the trash? Baby, I got you. I got this. I you love I mean? that. Let me, yeah. Let me show yeah. my strength, you know, like, roll up my sleeve. I I got you, baby. You but know? I will tell you that this is your job in this world, George, is to help other men get to that point of confidence within themselves and to really be able to help men own what they are good at and their strengths and to know that we are not here to compete with each other. We are here to complement each other and for them to really stop rolling over to like keep the peace right? But then they also have to find that peace within themselves. Because otherwise, think about if you were trying to date when you were in your darkness, when you are at war with yourself, you will create war in the freaking world. And especially as a man. I, I would have been, uh, I mean, to make it, I would have been a dirtbag, honestly. Yeah. I mean, any, I would have been with such a small fuse. I mean, anything would have just triggered me. And that's not a good place to be at. You no. know, it's it's dangerous to be there. That you can say something wrong or a joke or playing around or something, and then somebody would explode. I'm like, wait, I'm just playing around. I was like, well, don't be playing around with it. I mean, that's not cool. Because that's we have also to- your job as an individual, as your work that you do for yourself as a man. And this is where I love that you pointed out, like you want like that feminine, right? But here's the thing is more men need to be comfortable in their masculine to allow these women to like come in in their feminine, because that's the thing is we have polarity and we will, we will, us as women, we are like water. You put water in a container and it takes whatever shape of the container, Mm -hmm. right? So if you as a man don't have a solid container, 
our water will come out everywhere. So we will end up compensating for all the places you aren't able to keep that container solid. Mm-hmm. But that's the hard part is that then, then that's not like our natural essence of where we want to be and where we want to stay. And that creates the imbalance and the polarity. Yeah, I, I love it. I'm, I'm really glad we're having this conversation, you know, because like you said, society has made women stronger. They wanted to yeah. be stronger, right? Independent and whatnot. And then they wanted to feminize the men, which we're seeing of that. So mm-hmm. this next generation, we there's a whole generation of weak men because of that. And then you have people like Andrew Tate, which I don't believe everything that he oh. says. I don't believe everything yeah. he says. I know. I, I, I do like a lot of things that he does say about being going after your purpose and stuff like that and being your man and yeah. working out and whatnot. Yeah. That's the positive parts of it. Don't pick up yeah. the negative parts about the being a, 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 a womanizer and stuff like that. I'm not saying yeah, that. Yeah, I know. But yeah. I, I sometimes have conversations with people also within my reach, and I tell them that men and women, we need to know our place in the relationship. And as soon as I say that, it's like, what do you mean? It's like, look. No. Yeah. First of all, the female, they wear the skirt. They're the nurturers. They yeah. are the ones that keep the household uh, in control. In check. They're the leader. Yeah. The man gets his sword and goes out and hunts and conquers the world. Now, yes. also, I must say that when the man comes home, he must be able to conquer his partner. Because mm-hmm. if he cannot conquer his partner, how the hell do you want him to conquer society and the world? That's not mm-hmm. going to happen. And yeah. this is when men, when men start breaking down because yeah. they go after their manhoods. Yeah. Which is a big problem in society right now, too, that the female, the first thing they do, no, no, no. I got a headache. Not tonight. No, you didn't do this. No, you didn't do that. It's like, that's attacking his manhood. But yeah. in reality, you should, because women are so powerful, charismatic. I believe that the female is more powerful than a female. Because a female could say, baby, you know I love you. Start to touch him and be, like you said, real feminine and stuff like that. And we will melt for you. Yeah. And therefore you'll have us in your head. But the moment that you use that against us and manipulate us, that's yeah. when we go head to head. Because but that's when you have to more... acknowledge yes. as a man before you marry someone. This is the thing is that we have been taught so wrong in relationships of how to choose people how to choose partners, right? Like we're over there with this checklist, right? Like, oh, does she have double Ds? And we're like, oh, is he yeah. six foot, you know, six mm-hmm. pack kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So we're being taught to pursue completely wrong things and not actual partnerships to where when he comes home and he he wants that softness and he meets you with the stone wall, he can say, he has to have the balls to yeah. say, hey, I feel a little coldness from you right now. Can we talk about it? Like Mm -hmm. what's going on? Right. And I just actually had a conversation with a guy friend the other day about this, about there was a video talking about like men in long-term relationships, how sex was weaponized with them, you know? And, and I said, okay, but as a woman, I don't condone that. First of all, the Mm -hmm. manipulation, but I have to ask the men, did you, address it or did you just ignore it Mm -hmm. that's the thing and i had a guy tell me jessica men don't want a strong woman they want feminine Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I'm like, but femininity is the strength, you know, and being able to have that awareness as a man of, okay, take your armor off. Cause when you come in armored up, she's going to armor up right towards you. Right. Because women need that like emotional safety and connection. So it's amazing. Go conquer the war, but then be able to come home and actually be present, make eye contact, physical, like meaningful physical touch, not like, you know, pervy ass grabs that they don't feel connected with, you know? The, 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 the only, I, I've only told this to one relationship that I've had <laughs> and I had to cut her off. But I told, <laughs> I, I, I remember I, I, we, we, we were talking about things and I told her that the man has to know his place in the relationship. The female has to know. And I, I acknowledge and go, look, you as a female are more powerful than me. Mm-hmm. But your power is not physical strength. It's no. the power of persuasion. Yeah. You have that over me. Yeah. So if you use that, you can have me do anything you want. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the moment that you go after my manhood, all bets are off. Because I've yeah. been there before. And I promise you this, I will not be there again. Because I've been there. And good before. for you. And because good for I you. If I can't conquer my own relationship, there's yeah. no way I'm going to conquer the world. Yeah. And I already lived that already. And it almost cost me my life. And it's yeah. not going to happen again. So again, that scenario and that uh, that part of the journey got me ready for the future. Mm-hmm. And some people don't understand it because they're stuck in their, oh, no, we're equals. First of all, we're not equals. No. Because if I take you out to dinner, it's not 50-50. If I take you I out to it. dinner, I'm going to open the door for you and I'm going to pay for it. Now, if we get into a relationship and we get married, we're going to combine the incomes and whatnot, and we're going to strategize, and then we're going to plan for the future. You're going to put some stuff away, and this is how we're going to pay the bills. But yeah. as far as 50-50, that the rent is $3,000, you're going to pay 15, I'll pay 15, the car payments are this, we're going to, it's not like that. And it never should be like that. Because and I love we're, that. Not, we're not 50-50. This is not yeah. the way it is. Yeah. It has to be a hundred and a hundred mm-hmm. if it's going to work. And some of them are like, there's like they're, they're confused because like, first of all, no one's ever talked to me that way. Mm-hmm. Second, that's not what society is telling me to do. Third, I've been doing this this way, you know, having a hard time accepting that, but that's not my problem. Yeah. If, if you can't accept it, that means most likely it's not going to happen. And if you yeah. do give in, guess what? You're going to fight it all the way through. And I don't got the power. I don't have the, the strength for that. I don't have the patience. Or the for desire. No. Who wants to go no. fight at home when you just fought outside of the world? You know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so a big thing that I have been able to articulate since I left healthcare and being able to really shift out of that, like, you know, crazy, productive, doing masculine energy. And a lot of my girlfriends that are single moms. And I'm over here kind of zooming out, looking at not only my situation, but looking at the world. And I was like, man, putting women in the workforce was literally one of the biggest detriments to our society as a whole. I'm not going to lie. You want to put me in my masculine, make me responsible for like how everything's going to get paid, how we're going to pay for this, how we're going to make the money, planning all the things. Like I will do what needs to be done, but I don't freaking want to. And that's the thing is that I have been in relationships where like my marriage, I made more money. I made twice as much money as him. 
I paid all the bills. He blew two motors because he couldn't remember to get the oil changed. Okay. Two motors on his like older um, antique truck. Mm -hmm. So then who do you think took responsibility for all the car maintenances? We had like multiple cars and multiple toys. I was not only responsible for making sure everything was insured, everything was maintenanced. And, you know, then like I did the grocery shopping, I did the majority of the cooking and it was like, oh, I do the, I do the front yard. I'm like, you want a freaking cookie for that? Like I made twice as much money too. So then it's like, I did what needed to be done, but in the end I was super resentful for it. And I did not respect him as a man. That's the other thing is that. I know that's a big thing for men is to be respected. Yes. And until you like, until you stand up and own that, like whatever that definition of a man is for you, I have a hard time respecting you as that, yeah. you know, and especially if a man can't like, own his word, be a man yeah. of your word, yeah. have your actions and your words match and have integrity and be consistent. Mm-hmm. I I just want to clarify something, and I, and I hope you uh, you agree with it. And if you don't agree with it, that's fine too. But yeah. I I want the listeners to know that there's men out there that that hear this, and females that have uh, boys that they're raising men. You know, if you go through a bad part of a journey, and for whatever reason your wife does make more money than you, that's okay. But as long as you're striving to get back on your feet because you might have to take a job just to get in the door, but your plan Mm -hmm. is to be the CEO, the VP, whatever, at a higher position, that's okay. But the moment that you say, you know what, I'll just let my wife do it. That's not a man. You have to own your manhood. You have to be the provider, the warrior, the fighter, so your wife doesn't have to be. It's okay if she sacrifices herself for a little while to do that, to pick up the slack. But she better not do it for all your relationship because that yeah. is not a manly thing. It's just not. And I and I, I totally agree with that. And that's the thing is that now that I have totally like left my career and I have such a different life path now, I am so much more open to be supportive in helping build with a man. You know, because before it was like I had already built a lot of my own stuff. So it was kind of like okay, I'm not impressed with what you bring, right? And now that I've kind of cleared space and now I'm like, okay, let's build together, you know? And you don't have to come in with everything figured out. That's the other thing that I find interesting that I feel like, I feel like a lot of men, their worth is attached to like all the things, right? Like, oh, I have to have this and I have to have this and it has to look perfect. And it's like, no, it's the willingness though. And it's the drive and the energy that you put into it. It all doesn't have to be all figured out. Like we can figure this out together. You know, I know a lot, I know a lot of people are um, visual people, but we have to be like Rocky. Rocky <laughs> was taking a beating and he didn't, he didn't give up, you know, cause life is going to hit you in all directions and it's not going to be bloody like that. But I just want people to see that, 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 uh, that visual of, what Rocky is, that's what every man should be with life in general, because it's going to be rough and it's going to be tough. But the fact of not giving up, that's where we gain the respect of the female because mm-hmm. man, my baby's going through it. But you know what? Hell no. He, he's too stubborn to give up. He ain't going to give up because he knows what he's here to do for our family. And that's to be respected and honored. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And he deserves so- a cookie for that. 
you know? Oh yeah. More than a cookie. <laughs> um, okay. So is that part of the work you, you do with clients and men? Yeah. So basically, I, I mean, I talk about foundation, you know, I talk about influence. I talk about the, the journey struggles, reinventing yourself, success and faith. That's what I talk about because we have to be rounded individuals. Yeah. And I, and the way I wrote my book, I wrote my book as like small TEDx episodes is the way I wrote my mm-hmm. book. It's not a big book. It's a, it's a book that you can get into. It's like, oh, wow, I got, I really get this. I really understand what he's going through here. And I, it's, it's, it's the journey. You know, I didn't skip around. I just, it's, it's how I went through it. It's the lessons in there and how I learned it. Because I want people to understand that we are gifted. Gifts, we have a gift, talent, and nice purpose. But we also have a position in life from a male's perspective and a female's perspective. We have to stay in our own lane, work, and then work together, come together. We have to heal ourselves of our traumas and not come in damaged and stuff like that. So I talk about the things that are needed in society. And some of the things that I talk about, people might not agree. And that's okay if they're not ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to downplay it because I'm not going to do that. Because yeah. I've learned my lesson and I've seen people around me go through this stuff. And a lot of females, like I'm 50 years old now. And I'm listening to females online on TikTok and videos and whatnot in their mid-30s, 40s and whatnot. They regret a lot of the things that they allowed to society to put in themselves. As far mm-hmm. as their mentality is like, oh, this yeah. is how you split 50 It's like, no, it's not 50-50. Well, you have to be in your mask. It's like, the females are now saying... No, you know, that was a mistake. So now, not to disrespect anybody, but the older females are not competing with the younger females because this new generation are more into the feminine and not into the masculine. But the problem with that scenario now is that the men are also feminine. So you have a feminine uh, uh, next generation of females, but you also have them on the male. So that is not going to end up well either. Mm -hmm. We really have to man up these these next generation we have to man them up mm-hmm. and and i and i know this i hope this is not disrespectful either for any female <laughs> this is not my intent but a lot of females that are single moms and raising boys are the ones that are raising these soft boys because it takes a man to raise a man because if you like i raised for the most part my daughter because i was more focused on my daughter versus my ex-wife and not to put dirt on her, that's just the way it was. I raised her. She tells me, Daddy, you got the best of both worlds. That baby, what is that? Mm. You, Because you have a boy and a girl. Because you raised me tough. So boys, men, daddies are going to raise tough girls. Mm-hmm. Sadly, though, female moms are raising soft uh, um, boys. Because that's their nature. They're soft. They're feminine. It only makes sense that that's who they're raising. And it mm-hmm. only makes sense that daddies are raising tough girls because it's masculine. Oh, yeah. My dad literally said, my daughter will never depend on a man. Exactly. And was like, get your ass out there and work with your brothers. So I didn't have a normal upbringing. I was literally out there at 6 a.m. with my brothers, like backing up a, a tractor and a backhoe up on a trailer, loading it up, you know, ratchet strapping it down. 
towing it to jobs, using power tools. Like we owned multiple homes. And so as a family, we went in there, tore out all the carpet, fixed everything that needed to be fixed, you know, and then my brother had a car shop. So then it was like, I'm in the car shop, you know, with my brothers, I know how to change my own oil and tires and brakes. And now I live the RV life and I actually towed my own trailer from California to Texas, you know? So it's like, I know how to hook a trailer up, back it up, do all that stuff. And it's funny because that's a lot of guys can't even do stuff like that. So you see what I'm, see what I'm talking about though? But that's, yeah. that's what a daddy does. Yeah. But, but, a, but a mom for a boy, she's not going to show him how to dig a ditch. How yeah. to use a tractor for the most part. And I, I mean, you will because obviously you're familiar with it. But the, the, the normal, the, not the normal, but the general of females don't know how to do what you know how to do. Yeah. So, and that's like the biggest problem in society right now. Because that's going to create a lot of problems in relationships, just like the, the feminist movement and, you know, 50-50. Mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be the same thing with the, those pe those females still. Some of them are getting out of it, yeah. but they don't have the instincts in them to raise a strong boy. That's what is very crucial. And, and I know a lot of people are going to give me flack for this, but <laughs> even if a man doesn't pay child support because maybe he's broke or he's not able to don't stop him from visiting his son because mm -hmm. he's, he needs that, 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 uh, that discipline from that father. Yeah. And but of the course, hard part any... is it's the hard part is, is these more feminine men are procreating and they are not being fathers. Yeah. So they're like, they're deadbeat, you know, or they, you know, the woman ends up having to divorce them and then he's not consistent and he's not around. And so she's still doing all the work, whether they're together or not. So I know you're on Pacific time. Where are you from? Or where are you uh, residing in? Okay. So, okay. So I totally can relate to everything you're saying. So I'm from Northern California. Okay. That was definitely my experiment experience with men in California. I will say here in Texas, I'm seeing a different side of the spectrum where I have met many guys here in Texas who actually are not, none of them are even from Texas. A lot of them are all transplants from other areas because of oil and gas and military. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these guys have the same kind of history where they didn't grow up with dads involved in their life. So they had this like more masculine mom. But what happens is that they, instead of having the life of like a little boy, they grow up really fast and then they learn that they need to please women. They need yeah. to be the man of the house, but also in a way to where it's not conducive for themselves. And then they end up getting in many marriages and relationships with these really controlling more in their masculine women. So yeah. then they meet women more in their feminine and it's, it's almost like they get really in their feminine and you're like, oh yeah, no, you need to be, be able to like, like I said, honor both sides of us where a lot of guys that go in the military, go in the military, you know, for like direction and whatever. Right. But then it's like, it trains the emotion out of them, but yet we are emotional beings, you know? So then it's like, they become this like hyper masculine where it's like, oh, I don't have emotions, but it's like they become that soda can that yeah. you shake up, that they're ready to explode because they are not acknowledging when shit's hard. Like, yeah. I like that you mentioned the anger and the grief, right? Because those are things that have to be felt and processed. Like you sat in it and you were like, this sucks. I'm going to grow from this. 
but I'm not going to project it on everyone else. Something that I've always been able to do is to sit with my emotions, whatever it is, whether it's mm. anger, sadness, joy, and just go through it and just experience it. Good. And uh, if it's anger, I'll go to solitude so no one gets hurt. You know, because I don't want to yeah. be angry around people. I'd rather go to a place where like, I can let the emotion go through. And when mm-hmm. I'm ready that I feel that now I'm safe to go outside or be around people, then I will because the emotion already went through me. I mm-hmm. didn't hold on to it. And yeah. a lot of people that are within my circle, well, I have been in my circle because I cut a lot of people off, they held on to the emotion, whether yeah. it was worse one or the other. It was, a, it was emotional for, for like a really sadness. They hold on to that. Or the anger part of it, and they would explode, or they would mm-hmm. melt at something yeah. soft, and, and that's yeah. dangerous too. Because it's one thing to be in your your emotional side and whatnot, but females don't want to see you cry. They say they want to, but they don't want to. They want to know that you can protect them to be the strong masculine individual. Now, I'm not to say that. It's so it's you're never gonna cry around a female because you will, but yeah. don't make it like a twenty four seven all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now you're in your feminine energy and you don't want to be there. If you want to cry, go outside, go work out, let those tears drop, talk to a buddy or whatever, man to man, boy to boy, and get that out of your system, and then dust yourself mm-hmm. off. Because we do. But the thing is that if your if your your female partner sees you cry, they cannot remove those images from their mind. They just can't. <laughs> they will stay there. So let's have them see masculinity, warrior, fighter, and have them always remember that. And it's okay. Every once in a while, we'll get emotional. Yes, we'll cry together. That's fine. But don't do it all the time. Find somebody else. Totally. Or do it on your own summer. Listen to some music. Go for a run and whatever. You know, yeah. and get it out of your system. Let it flow through you. Yeah. One of my buddies, he is a lineman. And he was that total, like, I got to be this hyper-masculine man. I can't show any emotion, you know, kind of like that. And then he, him and his wife had separated and he was driving from one job to another job to another state. And he got a call that his mom got hit by a car. And he was like, I, I thought I could keep driving. And he's like, but I, it literally hit him like a ton of bricks. And he's like, I literally was not safe to drive. He's like, I had to go find a hotel and just like cry the whole night, you Mm -hmm. know? And the fact that he could acknowledge that he had a hard time and that he let himself feel his emotions, that is the vulnerability that women are looking for. They're not looking for, oh, I want you to cry in front of me. I want you to acknowledge that you're human and that you have emotions. That's, I don't want you to be robotic. Yeah. You know? So it's like, that's that between each other. And part of one thing that was really hard for me to deal with was when I was dating in California, I kept meeting men that I am an activator. Okay. It's like, I come in and if there's anything misaligned in your life, it'll crumble. And then it was like, I got to see really quickly how guys handled stress and how much they attached themselves to all these things that weren't aligned. And I can't tell you how many guys I saw cry in the first couple months of dating someone. And I was like, holy shit, like what? (laughs) Like, 
I I did not feel safe. Yeah. And it See, wasn't, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. it See? wasn't simply just because they cried. It was more like we barely know each other and you just dumped all your emotions on me. Like you need your people, your things to be able to like help you through life. It's what feels unsafe is when you don't have anyone else to go to and you don't have these, these like supportive people in your life and you dump everything on your partner. You need to have your own people and you have each other. Yes. But you're ch- each other for each other. You are not everything to where you just trauma dump on people. Yeah. And that's what would happen where like shit would happen in their lives and they would be stressed. Then they'd be short with me and then they get super crazy emotional. And then it was all like, you know, poor me, poor being poor me. And I'm kind of looking at them like, but where's your accountability here? You know, and there was no, they wouldn't take accountability for it. So yeah. then it's like, I'm not attracted at that point. That's one thing if you're going to cry, cause like, okay, your family member died, like something happened mm-hmm. and you're legitimately sad. But when you're crying because shit's not going your way in your life and you're not taking accountability, that's not sexy or safe for me. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I feel, I feel the same way. And, and, and the same comes with anger. I mean, if you get, mm-hmm. it's okay to get angry at things, but if you're getting angry every time we go on a date or you're getting them angry every week and I see that every week, the way at the beginning of the relationship, the way it starts, that's going to be your whole marriage. Yeah. That means that every time we're going to go out to dinner, you're going to get mad. Like, you know what? I don't want to be with this person. If, but the thing is, means, if that means yeah. that every weekend you're going to cry, I don't want to be with that person either. You know what Exactly. I mean? It's, it's like what we resist persists. Yeah. So if you get triggered really easily by anger, there's something you are resisting. There is whatever it is. Anger is a cover emotion for usually sadness. So what is it that you are refusing to see and feel that you need to release to not just feel the sadness and admit that you're sad or you feel that sadness and it passes, but it's just wild that like so many people will hold on to it and then be angry for years. Yeah. You, you know, I, I've been asked by a lot of people, why is it or how is it possible that you went through all the things that you went through in your life and you're still such a good man? And people used to tell me I'm a nice guy. I'm a good look. Don't tell me I'm a nice guy. Nice guys get taken advantage of. I am not a nice guy. <laughs> I, I can assure you I can kick some ass. I'm not a nice yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a good man. But the yeah. reason I'm a good man and I got a pure heart and the reason I am this way is because I don't want to be bitter. I don't want negativity. And God didn't allow me to have a bitter heart. Mm-hmm. So I'm a compassionate individual. I'm very uh, compassionate about people. I have a lot of empathy for people. But just don't take advantage of that in any way, shape, or form. Because That's if you masculine see masculine comes in with boundaries, exa- though. Exactly. It's the whole boundary thing. But uh, again, I used to think that I had to be nice to people when I yeah. didn't have to. I need mm-hmm. to be good to people, not nice to people. Kind, yeah. And, and yeah, and, and I, I, I struggled with that for a very long time. But now, like you said, I mean, I'm in, I'm this way, and now there's boundaries now because everything that I went through, it really, it toughened me up. Because to be completely honest with you, the way I am now is the way I was before my daughter was born. But my daughter really softened my heart up. And, that, that's, <laughs> and, and it happens. The yeah. daughter softened up a man. 
Oh, but yeah. The, the but problem that's, but that's is the that, feminine. <laughs> yes, but the problem is that we stay there for too long because we have a daughter, you know? And uh, so life had to put me through this, this process yeah. to mold me and pressure me to awaken back the person that I really am, which is this, this, uh, this masculine warrior fighter man that I am, because that's who I am. And opening up to people the way I am, that's not a sensitive person that does that. That's a strong individual that does that. Yeah. It, talks about it takes like courage. That. Yeah. It, it takes, takes a lot courage. Of courage because mm-hmm. a lot of people that I know, they would never talk about the stuff that I talk about ever. Mm-hmm. Because you know? they're, very... they're trying to hide everything. I'm like, dude, it is what well, it is. Because let, let them judge. It's, it's the walls of protection though, because like you said, you experience all these things and you're not going to let it make your heart bitter. So we go through experiences and we get a choice. Is it going to make us better or is it going to make us bitter? And when people allow it to make them bitter, they develop walls because they had no boundaries. They end up with walls instead of boundaries. So then they walk around with this like chip on their shoulder of, you know, everybody, I don't like people and people wrong me and, and people are shitty. And it's like, you know, we all have the capacity to be good and bad people. It just depends on what you want to invest your energy in and how you want to live your life. So you get a choice whether you want to choose courage and have the hard conversations or not. And it starts with one person, you know, that picture of that match, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you strike one match and you put it next to all the other matches Mm -hmm. and it's all going to light a huge fire. Exactly. No, I love that. I really love that. Yeah. Yeah. What was I going to say? I was going to say something about, oh, I've had, so I follow, I don't know if you know Gary V is, and he said something. Okay. He said something about using social media more intentionally to connect with people. Right. So I scroll and I listen to people because that's actually a lot of the people that I have had on my podcast is from Instagram. I scroll, I listen, and then I think of, okay, how does this relate to me? What do I have to say to this? Right. So I consciously comment on people's stuff. Mm -hmm. And then if I watch a video and someone is asking for feedback, I'm like, okay, yep. I got a lot to say. So, (laughs) so I've had a couple conversations with some men on there that they were not comfortable trying to have the banter. They got really defensive and they were really overwhelmed by my responses, which I found very fascinating. And I was like, okay. Like I sent this guy a couple of voice messages and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was way too much information. Now I got to like go back and, and go through this and process that. And I was like, okay, you don't have to do anything. You know, it was just funny that he literally immediately was like, whoa, 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 that was too much. And I was like, oh, not the kind of man for me. Yes, yes. Uh, So it's really being able to own that. Absolutely. My, my, one of, uh, a couple of my daughter's friends told me that uh, my daughter's name is Crystal. Said, Crystal, your dad is like the Mexican Gary Vee. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Because I guess I get so fired up and, pumped up when I'm having conversations with people because I want people to really feel it. Yeah. You know? and, and if I was given this energy and this passion that I have, this intensity, I mean, I can't bring the volume down just because, No. I mean, I got to say it how it, you know, it, it comes out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Same for me. I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just trying to, I want people to feel what I feel when I say about certain yeah. things. Well, and then also you're not trying to overpower anyone. No. So 
I notice that some people, when you have, when you're a person that has more intense energy than most in a group of people, people usually take that one of two ways. Either it's something that it's like really intense for them. They, they can't, they're not ready for it. Right. Or other people that eat it up and they're like, oh my gosh, yes. Like give me more. Right. And they, it helps fuel their fire and they love being connected to that energy. And like I said, other people just aren't ready to step out of their darkness. When you are somebody that's a very bright light, you have to acknowledge that it'll irritate some people's darkness. I love to uh, be around people where I can ask them questions mm-hmm. because I want to learn about them. You know, and, mm-hmm. it's, and it's all about like the book, how to win friends and influence people. You yeah. have to ask them about them. Now you're getting to know them. But then when it's when they ask you something, then that's the invitation of you say how you want to say it. And if that if that's a match, then you become friends, colleagues, partners, whatever the case may be. Then that's how things happen. But to be afraid of somebody else, I mean, I mean I never ever want to feel that I feel threatened by somebody else. I never want to feel that. And I don't let that happen because I'm I'm not them and they're not me. Yeah. But I love it when I can match with somebody that's like, oh my God, this person is so amazing. They love to talk. They like to motivate. They're really animated when they talk. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's you understand a lot deeper of the other person. Yeah. And when you're able to mirror that, and it's like, oh my God, that guy George is such amazing. He's a great storyteller. <laughs> yeah. But that was only because the other person was such an amazing storyteller, also. It's because we feed off each other. This is where Absolutely. I I like to say a lot on like a lot of my Instagram posts and things is that we are better together, right? And we we are you are responsible for the energy you bring to the room. So you could either be a giver or a taker. And I don't ever want to be the taker. You know, I want to be able to always be in this space where, you know, I have enough, right? I have enough. And then other people that are in that dark place, like you said, and they need some help, right? Like I'm more than willing to be there, but we, there's that saying that we become who we needed at some point in time in our life. I, I, I truly I truly, truly resonate with that. I feel that 100% because that's exactly the truth. Yeah. Yes. I love that. So what is one big takeaway for people of how they can basically alchemize their pain into their purpose and really, really save themselves, right? And know that they are here for a higher purpose. Now, it has to be clear that a lot of us at early parts of our life, we we do have like this this feeling and this knowing that we are here for something bigger. Yeah. But people around us, family members, friends, they downplay that, thinking that no 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 you no that's no you're not that special, and we believe that. So we we have to believe more in ourselves mm-hmm. and what's what's placed in our hearts. And the downloads and the the uh, the images and the visions that we get, because I do believe a lot of us get those, and that's God, our Creator, showing us like previous of our life that it could be mm-hmm. in the future if you're obedient to what He's guiding you along the way. And it's not going to be clear sometimes. Sometimes it's going to be confusing, and that's okay, you know. But the part, the fact of still continuing moving forward and believing that you're here for 
with a gift, a talent, and definitely life's purpose is cons consistently moving forward, regardless if it's just a foot, an inch, doesn't matter what it is, as long as you keep moving forward, because I promise you, you are here for a reason. We all are. Mm -hmm. But like you said, we are all given free will. And I, I say this a lot. You will either listen and be obedient or not listen and be disobedient. But it'll be like when you put an address on a map. If your map tells you turn left and you don't turn left, it's going to take you the long way around. And you're going to go to some very dark places. There will be wolves. There will be lions. There will be all these dangerous elements. But at some point, you're going to end up back exactly where you were meant to be because that was the destination you were meant to be at. I love that you said that because part of what I like to talk about with people when I ask questions is that who were you before the world required you to be someone else? And I like to reminisce when I was a kid and I was very imaginative and just this sweet, uber caring, you know, not afraid of anything kid. Right. And it's like, until I got conditioned to be this good girl and to put myself last and to prioritize everyone else and to, you know, be seen and not heard kind of thing. So that is a huge thing that I like to tell people is to really think about like, who were you before that relationship? right? Who were you before the accident? Who were you the, before the injury? Who were you before the age of seven? Because by the age of seven, because zero to seven, our brain is in theta waves. So all we do is take the information in and put it on our hard drive. And then our view of the entire world is now based on these beliefs by the age of seven. So it's like, well, who were you before all that stuff got imprinted in your brain? Because that's when you were the blank slate. If, if you were to look at my baby pictures, every time I look at my baby <laughs> pictures, I'm proud of that small child that I see. Because yeah. those baby pictures, I see a fearless little boy. Fearless. Mm -hmm. A mm -hmm. tough little guy that is never going to give up. It's who I see. I so love that. As I'm going through my life, I remember those images of that little boy. So when I talk about the things that I'm talking about, that believing and that you, you you're here for something special you're you're here for a purpose this yeah. is this is my inner child from back then fearless little boy telling me this is who you're you will become somebody and when i look at those pictures like wow he really did know he knew who i was yeah. supposed to be yeah he knew how we strong come here I was. knowing yes yeah. we do but like you said mm -hmm. the first seven years that's when we're observing everything and that's when everything gets diluted, things get yeah. erased, and then we're society's character, because that's what we are, until we go yeah. inside. And, and even even in the Bible, it says, and not to get religious, because again, I'm not really religious, but I do believe in, in the Bible as a guide, not a religion. Yeah. In the yeah. Bible, it says that we have to be like children. Mm -hmm. It's biblical. Mm -hmm. So I want to be, I want to act goofy. I want to act silly when I go on my partner yes. house. So, I don't be yeah. want to be all like all proper. No, no, no. I want to be able to pinch <laughs> you, laugh a little and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. wanna look at certain things. I want to be goofy and stuff like that because that's yeah, what a child cause... does. And the moment we tap into our inner child, we are the happiest we can be mm -hmm. in the inner child. I love that. Yes. Well, because that's the thing is we weren't, yes, we're here for a purpose, but we also weren't per put here to be miserable. 
We're here to experience joy and laughter and love and every amazing thing that this world has to offer. But then we allow ourselves to get conditioned by society and get stuck in that matrix hamster wheel where we stop seeing the amazingness that exists all around us. I mean, I don't have any kids, but what I love about kids and dogs or kids and animals in general, like every day I take my dog out for this walk on this trail by my RV park. And it's the same trail that we walk multiple times a day, but every single time he is just as excited. Like it's the first thing he's ever seen ever. Like he's never been on this trail. Right. And I'm like, that's what we can take from animals and kids is their sense of wonder and their desire to experience everything and not care. I mean, I love getting feedback from kids because they are so brutally honest, right? It's like, auntie, why does your hair look weird? You know, or like some kid, I watched a video the other day and the kid was like, mommy, is there a baby in there? Cause she was like bloated. Right. And so it's just really being able to get back to that place in your life where you feel joy and it's okay that you feel joy and you don't have to, you get it by just simply existing and you don't have to experience all the misery. You get to just experience joy because that's your birthright. We need to tap into our innocence and our essence. Yeah. Just like children, because that's the magical part of children is their innocence and their their essence. essence. Yes. But if we, if we are bitter and, and we're in that dark place, we can't tap into those things. Yeah. It's impossible because the essence and the innocence is of the light and yeah. the negativity is of the darkness and the light cannot live in the darkness. So you will mm-hmm. never have access to that until you remove yourself from the darkness. Yep. But that's, that all comes down to that choice. It's we are choice. better together, but it starts within us and we have to want that. Yeah. So I love that I'm connecting with more and more people that want the same things for life in general. So we are here to shine those, shine the light for people who are in the darkness and provide them a path and they get a choice to walk it or not. I hope people hear this, these type of messages over and over and over again. Yeah. And then finally come to a conclusion that all these people cannot be crazy. There has to be something to what they're saying. And I need to work on myself to either confirm or deny that that is reality because that's Mm -hmm. who I am. I would rather confirm or deny that something is real or makes sense versus saying, oh, that's not true. I'm going to confirm it or I'm going to deny it. You know, well, that's, that's having an open mind or a closed mind, Correct. you know, and that's the thing though, is that people that aren't, that don't want to, they're going to be closed until they're ready to. Yeah. And, and sometimes and it's, it's just about timing. And it's and it's different for a lot of people. It, it's different yes. timings. I mean, some people might do it in their early twenties. Somebody might take fifty or seventy-five years, and we are not to judge them. No, because everybody's journey is going to be different. Absolutely, I love it. I love it. Well, George, how do people find you? Well, I am most active on Instagram at my okay. name at George underscore V underscore Gonzalez. Okay. And also, if you go to my bio, you can actually download a free copy of my book from Kindle Unlimited. That's a gift for Perfect. all listeners. Perfect. I love it. Thank you so much for your time and your message. And I hope everyone enjoyed it. And I hope you have a great day. Thank you.